it's not what you say. It's the vision you're holding for the impact of what you're saying and how you feel when you're saying it. Before I post an Instagram post, I put my hand over it. I picture all of my light and love and peace going into it. And I picture it shining out on the other side onto the other person's face. Welcome back to Woken Wired. I'm your host, Ksenia, and I'm so excited to welcome you back to this week's interview. My guest is Aaron Rose, and he has a very, very special place in my heart. Him and I met through Ruby Warrington, who was another guest here, and we met in the context of leading a social media and communications and inclusivity workshop together. And then we crossed paths again when we shared, well, a tent or a bungalow at Aniwa Gathering of Indigenous Leaders last year. And recently, I ended up hiring him and working with Aaron in the capacity of him being my coach. And it was one of the most incredible experiences I have ever had. It really came in perfect. Uh, well, it really came to me in a meditation. I was doing a Joe Dispenza meditation and I got a very clear message. At that point, Aaron's posts were really resonating with me. You know, when you come across someone's Instagram content in just every cell of your being activates and aligns and you know that there's something there. That was my experience consuming Aaron's content. And in a Joe Dispenza meditation, I got a very clear message, a voice that told me to reach out to Aaron and work with him. So I did. And it came in at the perfect time as I've been going through transitions and metamorphosis in my own business. And things we ended up working on had to do with embodying all aspects of myself and how I show up and what I do and what my offerings are. And it's interesting because in that coaching, we took the concept of being strategic, which was really weighing down on me because I'm constantly thinking, you know, where's the silver lining between being intuitive and being strategic? And at that moment in time, I was thinking I need to have all these strategies and funnels set up that I don't have set up. And I was putting all this pressure on myself. And then Aaron made this simple invitation, but very profound invitation. And he asked me the question, what would I do if I didn't have to be strategic? What if I could make all the money I want to make and all the impact I want to make and have the lifestyle that I want just by posting videos of fire crackling on TikTok? And that really served as this space for creativity to open and flow, which led to my TikTok growing like crazy, which I have a whole separate podcast mini series on documenting that and all the lessons I'm learning along the way and the impact that it's had on my business and my presence and my impact. Anyway, so with Aaron, it really had to take me to that end of it where I gave myself full permission to not be strategic and only do what feels right to be able to create the space and come back to surrounding myself with the people who are helping me actually create the funnels and create the systems. And I'm in the process of completely overhauling my business right now and breaking down the conscious social media program in steps and into separate workshops. More details to come. It's all happening and it is so aligned with everything we talk about in this episode. We talk about intentional frequency exchange online, thriving as a human being on earth, how Aaron and his experience went 
into maximum darkness before he reached maximum light. He shares his revenue streams, what role social media plays in his business and presence, releasing the fear of being seen, cultivating powerful presence, how to consciously consume content, and why Aaron mutes most of the accounts that he follows, and what the 3D to 5D consciousness shift means. All of these things really are the foundation of the conscious social media program and all the work that I teach. And over the years, I think I've done three live launches of the program. I've collected just such incredible transformations and such incredible stories of people's relationship with not just how they show up online, but with themselves being completely transformed. And that's really my intention. Instead of giving you templates of Instagram captions to give you a whole other mindset frame that actually aligns with your spiritual side, with your values, with your integrity, and gives you the space to do it still guided by the divine intuition that you are connected with in your own very unique way. And then there's strategy that goes on top of it, but not the other way around. What I'm seeing in marketing is a lot of the times the strategy and the templates, they come first. And maybe there's space for intuition left, but I truly think that when we merge our inner tech intuition with outer tech social media, we can create such a full and rich life of fulfillment on every single level. And I know it from personal experience. I'm here to report on that. So I'm stoked to introduce Aaron to you. I also highly recommend if this speaks to you to check out Aaron's interview on Almost 30. I know he also worked with them in the coach capacity. They mentioned it on their podcast. It's public info. It's really, it goes even more deeply into some of the things we talk about and also other things. But this is an incredible way to get some of Aaron's wisdom and light. He's truly just such a light being. And if anything that I just spoke about in terms of conscious social media consumption and showing up with ease and confidence and truly allowing yourself to be seen instead of just wondering, are you doing it right? Why do you keep scrolling, but your business and your sales aren't growing? If any of this speaks to you, know that I will take care of you. I'm working on it based on the exact specific requests I've been getting from the community. So go to wokenwire.com and click newsletter and leave me your email there so that you are the first to know when it all drops and launches. It will be very soon. And if you want to get straight into business, go to wokenwire.com slash challenge. And I have a five-day conscious social media challenge there that helps you make your presence more aligned in five simple steps in five days. I know I've been collecting emails for that and I haven't sent it out. Trust me, there's a lot of magic happening on the back end. So if you've been waiting to get those emails or if you want to join the next cohort, please do so on wokenmire.com slash challenge to align your inner world with your outer self-expression and your business goals. All right, here's Aaron Rose. Erin, I'm so excited to have you on Woken Wired, and I always love to give listeners a little preview of how the universe brought us together, and in our case, it was two meetings. The first one was Ruby Warrington, who was one of my very first guests on Woken Wired. She hosted a conscious communication workshop at one of the top modeling agencies here in New York City, 
and she brought us both in to lead separate parts of that workshop. And then second time, we were brought together at Aniwa, which is this melting pot of indigenous cultures and traditions and cultural exchange that happens in the middle of a forest somewhere in Massachusetts, I think. And we actually got quite intimate because we shared a tent that was a very open space tent. So I've had the chance to be in your presence twice. And I've just been in awe of how powerful your teachings are more and more every day, starting at that moment at a dining hall during Aniwa, where you shared a couple of your conscious communication tools with me. And I'm so stoked to share you with my listeners. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. And when you paint that picture, I feel the really the universal power of these moments when we've been brought together, both very significant and yeah, nothing nothing like, you know, sleeping orically overlapped to get to know someone very quickly. So where do I find you today? Where are you at physically and where are you at in your heart? Right now, physically, I am in the beautiful Hawaiian islands in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, surrounded by a lot of greenery. There's a little gecko that are basically, if you live on Hawaii, you have to just surrender to cohabitating with these beautiful green little lizards. And one is staring at me right now. And as the sun is shining through and and where my heart is very at peace and very determined. There's a feeling of knowing that these are times when that I've been preparing for for a long time. And I feel very, very, very blessed to be where I am in my journey to be clear on what I'm here to do and to have already allowed myself to receive a life that is nourishing me so that I can really show up to nourish the world. So your Instagram profile is if you guys want to follow along, it's at Aaron X Rose. And it says spiritual guide, coach for change makers, writer, here to create a world where we all thrive, future world meditation. And there's a little link to download it. So what is it that you actually do? Everything that I do is really in service of creating a world where we are living in the highest potential of what it means to organically be a human being on earth. And so that looks like really doing a lot of meditating and visioning and supporting people in holding that higher vision beyond any of the constricting and limiting and clearing circumstances we might find ourselves in. A better world is not only possible, it's already here. And so my work is about, in many different ways, helping people connect with that highest vision for themselves and for our world. So that looks like putting a lot of energy these days just into content creation and and showing up. And for me, showing up online is about a frequency transmission. It's about there being you know, a specific Aaron Rose, like light and love and liberation radio station that's playing a lot of the time so that people have this regular place where they can come back and check in with an energy of calm and energy of hope. So that looks like creating things for Instagram, looks like creating more immersive audio experiences like my future world meditation. And I've been creating these utopian inoculations where people can really just sit and listen to the sounds and and a story of living in living a beautiful life in a beautiful world beyond our current circumstances as a way of making that energy more familiar. And then I do a lot of writing and and also coaching 
of people who are navigating what it looks like to show up in these times, that sense of, I know I'm here for something big, but what is it, right? And sometimes that looks like public figures who are saying, I've been known for this thing, but I want to show up in a different way because the times are calling me to do so. And it also looks like people who have 10 Instagram followers and are terrified to show up, but are but know that they have a message that they need to bring to the world. There's so many directions I want to take this, but I first would love to get into what got you on this journey in your personal on your personal path before you became a guide for others? So I like to say that I had the maximum darkness to maximum light route into this world where I had a really intense childhood and you know I could give the whole list of everything that happened but it feels more relevant to share that I just felt I felt really isolated. I felt really alone, I felt really misunderstood. I felt like there wasn't love that was available to me. And I felt like there was a lot that was wrong with the world. It was very clear to me. But it was clear in this way of like, if a carpenter walks into a house and sees like a shelf hanging incorrectly, and it's just like, oh, that's wrong, but I can fix that, right? There, there's no reason why it should be like that. There was this sense of there's things that are wrong with the world that I'm seeing in my own life, but also just when I look outside, but it doesn't have to be this way. Like a better world is possible. Let's do this. I was really inspired by people like Nelson Mandela and Malcolm X and, you know, really these sort of freedom fighters of the 20th century who had a vision and were able to walk many people to a new experience of liberation. And so very early on, I was doing that the best that I could that looked like being, you know, an activist and a community organizer working on sustainable food sourcing and rights for workers and environmental justice and doing that from being a pretty young teenager. And I was a, a self-appointed peer educator at my high school where I, with one of my friends, ran a group called Think Globally, Act Locally, where I would go in and skip my lunch period and give a presentation on something horrifying happening in the world, like global hunger, and then say, you know, you 16-year-old in suburban Massachusetts, here's what you can do about it, right? If we think globally, like what's the one action you can take? And so I was always in this process of like almost, it was like this world peace almost being this invention that was very very far in the future, but something I was always in conversation with. And over time, you know, as an activist, it, it really ran tandem to my my spiritual awakening and reactivation where I started to see that if I was just trying to fight external circumstances in the third dimensional realm, I wasn't actually getting the results that I wanted. I started to realize, whoa, if I want a different expression outside of me, I actually have to take full responsibility for what's happening inside of me, including my stories about what's possible, who the bad guys are, what redemption looks like. And so it's really been this beautiful organic evolution with, you know, quite a few ecstatic moments and dark nights of the soul in between. You talk about taking responsibility for your inner world and for rewriting some of the stories that were limiting your vision for yourself and for the world. What were some of the tools that helped you along the way? It really always starts for me with with willingness and with intention. And this definitely comes from what was activated within me studying A Course in Miracles, which is a metaphysical text for retraining your consciousness from fear to love. And it just talks a lot about this, this way that we can just offer things to the divine. We can say, I'm willing to have a different perspective. And so for me, it started with really the sense of there's got to be a different way, right? If I 
I want to not feel, you know, for me, my, my story included experiencing a lot of harassment, a lot of violence, including on the streets of New York City. And I could have just looked at that and said, there's people, you know, who are homophobic, who, who just like to harass people and they're messed up. But I actually had to start to say, whoa, what's my story about the world? If my story, if what I expect is what continues to happen, how do I change my expectation? And it starts with saying, am I even willing to conceive of a world where I don't get attacked, where these bad guys actually become good, where everything's actually okay? And so opening up to that willingness, it's like unclenching a fist <laughs> that's been clenched for a really long time. And then doing the, you know, really classical, almost shamanic shadow work of like, where did I pick up the story that to be myself means that I'm attacked? How can I go back to that, those core memories and repattern them to release the stuck emotion to tell my younger self, like, it's okay, there are going to be people that love and accept you for who you are. And then being willing to see the expression of that being taking my relentless commitment to changing other people's behavior and almost channeling that ferociousness into saying like, show me something different. I'm ready to have a different experience. So along the way, when you had some of the darker moments, where would you go or who would you go to? You mean darker moments like when I was experiencing this harder times or... When you were already processing it, already on your path and conscious of it, but were there, you know, healers or sp physical spaces that really assisted you on your own path to awakening? Yeah, a lot of it was really this, there was a hermitage period <laughs> where it was me and whatever Google served up when I, you know, Googled inner child healing meditation <laughs> and and things like that and actually getting comfortable with my own presence and I definitely have had some powerful teachers and healers who supported me in just, you know, some of the most profound healing I've received is one, being willing to face myself on my own, being willing just to sit there and be in the fetal position and feel the sadness and the anger that I hadn't let myself feel because I didn't know that I could live on the other side of it. And then also these moments where I had coaches who, you know, are people who aren't even necessarily big public figures with a big method, but just were people who I somehow were drawn to. And they said, I see you, you're a leader. I love you. Even if you fall apart in this session, I know that you're here for greatness and being witnessed as my true self and really allowed myself to see myself even more clearly and then to begin to live it and receive the benefit of that. Gotta love Google and gotta love the internet. Seriously. You talked about showing up online as being a frequency transmission. Can you speak more to that? Yeah. So everything in this world, as you know, and I think many of the people listening know is is energy, right? It's 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 vibration. It's and before things become manifest in physical form, it really is just this energy transmission. And this is really what I find is most impactful about my work and actually where there is some really beautiful overlap between what you're doing online is this idea that it's so much more about the intention than what you do. You know, people say, well, how do you talk to people about this? Or what, what should I say? And it's like, it's not what you say. It's the vision you're holding for the impact of what you're saying and how you feel when you're saying it right? You could post an emoji and have it change someone's life. <laughs> and you could post something really long, but you're super anxious that everybody's going to hate it. And you're picturing them critiquing you. And you're feeling ashamed of yourself. And you're just envisioning the worst case scenario. And 
you know, there's some beautiful words, but the life force behind them isn't necessarily there. And so for me, every time I go online, it is about how is my energy aligned? I love to show up every single day, but I'll go dark for days if I don't feel like I can be in the energy that I want people to be receiving for me, which is calm, authenticity, focus, ease, positivity, and also not just static, not distraction, something that's really clear, that has a really clear purpose. And so that looks like meditating, just even saying, you know, before I post an Instagram post, I put my hand over it, I picture all of my light and love and peace going into it. And I picture it shining out on the other side onto the other person's face. I picture how it will make them feel. I say, let this be for the highest good of all. Sometimes I'll set more specific intentions. And if I can't do that, if I can't feel that authentic feeling of love or connection or peace, I leave it in the drafts and I, and I do something else for a little while. So you physically put your hand on your phone and you bless it? I do every single time. Oh my gosh, I love that. What else do you do that is fascinating like that, that I didn't think about? For me, it's finding these ways to make every moment of life a prayer, right? Because if every moment of life is this blessing, is this prayer, is this conscious conversation with the divine, then life becomes a blessing, then really beautiful things get created. And so sometimes it is this big thing where I'm like, okay, I'm putting up this thing that I think is going to trigger a bunch of people. And like, I'm calling in the angels and I'm, you know, asking for everybody to be supported as they receive it. And sometimes I'm just like, okay, you know, it, it's this much more conversational energy of like, you know, shout out to God, <laughs> let this bless people. And it has that kind of, you know, lighter, swifter way of going out. But it really, it, like I said, it's, it's about feeling it in my bones, in my body, and knowing that, you know, we've all read something that seems smart. <laughs> but doesn't make us feel anything. And yeah, I also like, I just, I say anytime I see a comment or, you know, when I see my notifications, like I'm always just blessing people. I'm just saying like, let this person who took a time, took time to write a comment, like receive an undeniable miracle today and just like paying it energetically forward as much as I can. I love that. And, you know, it makes me think of the fact that It's such an energetic exchange. And when you put so much love and so much intention into sharing content, the way that I see it, there needs to be an equal energy coming back at you so that you feel supported in continuing to deliver this work. So how does that look like for you? And how do you feel about this? I love that because yeah, equal exchange is so important. And something just came to mind that is another practical thing that I do, which is I, I also encircle my whole space. Like I really think of my social media as like a house and there's like rules in that house and there's boundaries and I get to decide who's there. And, and it is that kind of container. And specifically over my, my DMS, I set very clear intentions that any question that gets answered in my DMS, that the person immediately realized that they have the answer for themselves. Because I don't know about you, but I sometimes get these long messages that are like someone just sharing with them, sharing with me like what's going on for them and asking a really beautiful question, but I don't have time to, you know, be in that one-on-one exchange. And I love now, it just happened earlier today where I got this long message. And then about 30 seconds later, the person wrote back and was like, actually, I think I just figured this out. Thanks so much. (laughs) And so I do like protect my energy in that way where I'm not in the DMs constantly and 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 it is in different moments 
the exchange is different. Sometimes I really feel completely nourished by people saying, I love what you're sharing. This is what it's doing for me. Like, this is how I'm applying it to my life. Like, that recognition of my essence resonating with someone else is deeply nourishing. Um, I also leave open, I have a PayPal contribution link on on my my Instagram and different places just to allow that flow of like if if it's organic and in the divine plan for someone to send me a financial contribution as a recognition of what I'm providing for free, then amazing. And then I also just ensure that my business and all of my income streams are, are really abundant so that when I am showing up to be of service, quote unquote, for free, it's coming from that abundant place. And I don't feel like it, you know, it has to come right back from those specific people in that kind of, you know, A to B calculated way. Yeah, I am totally with you. I think there needs to be, at least the way that I've been seeing this for myself, there needs to be a certain level of neutrality when we show up and give. We can't be expecting it to be returned to us right away. And this has been coming up a lot for me because I took a pause from doing sponsored posts on Breakfast Criminals. I saw that. It's really cool. Thank you. Yeah. So it created lots of freedom, but it also feels like in a way, at least this week and every week it changes, every minute it changes. It feels like it created this pressure for my community to support me in other ways. Instead of the brand supporting me, I've created you know other ways for the community members to support me. And so far, it hasn't resonated the way that I thought it would. And part of it, of course, of course, is like business strategy, and I could be promoting it much more and give it a lot more energy than I currently am giving. But part of it is I'm realizing it's not that A to B. It's not that linear. As long as we feel good about giving, whatever comes back to us will find its way into our experience in ways we didn't imagine. Completely. And I love that too. Like, I love being in that sovereign, almost like exalted, you know, really mature, like parent energy, almost not that I see that hierarchy between me and my my followers at all, or the people that are, that are that are in my community. But it's the energy of like the person who's taking responsibility for the space. Like when you go to a friend's house, and they're the one who's cooking you dinner. It's like the care that goes into making sure that you just get to be held in that space. You know, for me, it's required me to be like really creative about my business and say like, I love that I'm just continuing to open other revenue streams that that allow people who don't have access to that abundance or don't, you know, aren't at that place in their journey just to show up and receive and to not feel like they have to give anything back yet, which paradoxically puts them in a more sovereign energy where they're much more likely to want to pay it forward. Or people who don't yet know that they have access to those abundance streams. Exactly. Yeah. And to give them that kind of safe space where they can explore and then begin to to activate that for themselves. So you mentioned revenue streams, Aaron. Can you talk to me more about how exactly the business works and what are the different revenue streams and how you built them and what you've learned along the way? Yeah, it's been money and abundance, however you talk about it, has been such a, a profound teacher for me, right? I I had that kind of initiation that a lot of people do where I was brought to absolutely nothing. And I don't really come from from major resources and definitely come from like a pretty classical like scarcity mindset of, you know, it's safer to get a nine to five job and, you know, people, millionaires, like they must have done something messed up to get that money, that kind of, that kind of undertone. And so I really, you know, was the journey with money is a journey with self-worth and a journey of coming back to God and understanding like if I have this big mission, there's got to be a way for me to actually tap into the resources 
to make it possible. And I actually have to expand my sense of what I deserve and open up to saying yes to things that I never would have. Like a couple of years ago, identifying as an entrepreneur or a business owner, those words would have would not have resonated with me at all because I still felt really uncomfortable with being someone who was seen as selling things or just even having money in my life. And so it's been a really interesting, interesting evolution. And it honestly like continues to evolve very rapidly because I'm continuing to ascend pretty rapidly, like in terms of what's aligned for me and what the community needs and, and, and honestly continuing to learn more and more about different ways to make money all the time. But right now, like the pie chart includes doing really kind of high level coaching with a select group of leaders who are ready for a very intensive, personalized, longer term experience of transitioning into the next phase of, of their service to the world. I have digital products that I sell sort of lower ticket courses and things like that, that I've designed that are answers to my my top FAQs. <laughs> so now I'm able to really, you know, when I get that DM, that's like, how do I figure out my purpose? It's like, here's the link <laughs> to the course that's a, sev- a seven day journey that helps you do that. So that's that's been really beautiful to do. And doing affiliate work is also a, a big revenue stream for me and one that's growing quite a bit, just aligning with products and with things that that I really, really 100% use and love and can share with people in a really organic way. Because as if if people are familiar with human design, I'm a projector. So me, <laughs> me showing up trying to convince anyone of anything or putting something in someone's face doesn't work. I really have to kind of allow people to ask questions that then I provide answers to. And it's been really cool for me to to open up the affiliate portals for higher ticket affiliate commission things because it allows me just to spread things that I really care about and to take even more financial pressure off of anything else that I'm doing. Okay, there's so many things I love about what you said. I think creating smaller courses as answers to frequently asked questions is an absolutely brilliant move that anyone who's wondering where to get started with online offerings is literally that. Just identify what people already come to you with and create an offering on that. And you don't even have to have it ready. You can pre-sell it. Also, affiliate is a huge topic for me. One of the reasons I actually decided to take a break from sponsored posts on Breakfast Criminals is because I had a very strong calling to take all the traffic and all the authority that I have built with breakfastcriminals.com over the many years and create that as a space of discovery of products that I have vetted for, I can recommend and vouch for, and make small commissions on it. And I'm curious in your experience, if you feel comfortable sharing, what are some of the affiliate type of products that you have found yourself to be aligned with? Yeah, for me, it's it's interesting. Like affiliates only came in when I had upgraded to a certain level of the abundance frequency where I could perceive of the ability to make really good money in this really easeful way. And also the abundance of knowing that I could pick just a few things, right? And not be like promoting so many different things, but really say, what do I genuinely have in my home that I love that I would buy for a friend <laughs> that I could just let people know is is something that I that I vouch for. So the yeah, the couple of things that I that I feel comfortable sharing in this moment or just feel aligned is that I've been an affiliate for Marie Forleo's B school, which is like the the roadmap to online business. I took B school a couple of years ago and it is what allowed me to really quantum leap and go from 
selling little things here and there in person to really showing up and having an online presence. And I just absolutely adore Marie and think it's a beautiful start for people. And it's, and it really works in tandem. Like I have clients going through B-School who I'm also coaching right now because I'm not, you know, it's not my zone of genius to teach the nitty gritty of how to do SEO and, <laughs> and optimize your online business. But I love that stuff. I live for SEO. Yeah, you're good at those certain aspects of that nitty gritty. So yeah, it allows Marie to be in her zone of genius, allows me to say, look, this is literally what helped me get to where I am, that you can even read this Instagram post (laughs) about me recommending Marie Forleo's B-School. And so that's one thing that's open once a year. And then another is actually, there's this really beautiful, I'm feeling into the right words to use for them, sort of plant medicine, earth essence company collective that's here on Hawaii called Fractal Forest Kauai. And they make the most high frequency plant medicines and not necessarily like not plant medicine, like ayahuasca plant medicine, like, you know, a tincture or, you know, sustainably produced CBD with the most amazing herbs infused into it, incense, sacred rare oils and things that shilajit himalayan shilajit which is one of the most nutrient dense substances on the planet one of the stinkiest but one of the definitely most healing things on earth exactly yeah and you can hear right like i just had this moment where i was like right people might actually perceive this as a sales pitch i'm literally just talking about something that i adore people who make things that have healed my body that feel like a blessing to receive into my life. And so, you know, I don't have a content calendar schedule with them. I just, if I'm taking my Sheila Jeet and I feel like telling people about it, I do. Right. Yeah. I'm totally with you. I think that actually this weekend I'm recording a bunch of mini coaching calls with my fiance, Eric. He's coaching some of the people from my Woke and Wired portal community to overcome this aversion to the word sales and to the concept of sales, because I see so many conscious entrepreneurs and healers being stopped from sharing their gifts because of this aversion to sales. And even the way you said it, you know, you might think this is a sales pitch. I think just like as a society, there's these old concepts that are ready to be rewired and I love the idea of looking around ourselves and seeing what we're actually using and what we're passionate about. And why not make a small commission or a big commission? Why not? While we share it with friends. Literally. And like the universe wants us to do this. It's like, this is the restoration of value exchange on the planet. Like you are, when you say to a friend, Hey, this Sheila Jeet or this, you know, cacao, you know, cacao. I love God bless cacao. Just moment of silence for cacao. It's like when you share that with someone, you're creating value. You're channeling life force to another human being in a way that the universe desired, like you deserve to receive for that. Like it is a value contribution. And so I love affiliates because it really is actually like restoring balance and order. And I talk a lot about sovereignty. And so for me, like sales is also about like, I don't feel weird about selling things or having things for sale, when I know that you're a sovereign being who's 100% in control of your reality, and I am not manipulating you, and I have no attachment to what you do, other than if I can be of service in this way, let's do this, right? And so when we're not actually feeling like we are manipulating people, and when we're releasing that victim consciousness of feeling like others can control us, sales just becomes like the most fun collaboration ever. It's like, whoa, you put out a prayer and I can answer it? 
amazing. Oh, you put out a prayer and you learn something by checking out my product, but you don't actually want it. Cool. Someone else is going to come buy it. And it just becomes easy. So there's been a rapid growth of your online platform. Specifically, I'm thinking about Instagram. And I know that over time since I've met you, you've tried different things. You tried different formats of sharing your work. What has the journey been? And what has it been both on the energetic level that you think allowed you to be seen more and more and more? And then what was it on a practical level that you noticed that worked for you? And with that, everyone listening, this is not a template. This is the way that it works for one human being. And it's meant to be shared with an intention that it gives you a a glimpse into what your unique blueprint is. Beautiful caveat. So my experience on Instagram, I love Instagram. And I love that like you and I have had that resonance where, where there is that like adoration in a beautiful way of like this portal for expression that exists and finding the way to work with it that feels best. You know, for me going online was, it was a massive initiation. It was the universe like kicking me like in the butt to say, you have to do this. And I had to go through a huge amount of shadow work and releasing of this fear of being seen, but not even being seen, be showing up and saying like, I have a personal brand. I'm Aaron Rose, right? I'm not this like whiz kid behind someone else's thing or like with like another brand in front of, you know, a brand name in front of me. Like I'm me and this is who I am and this is what I'm sharing and actually allowing myself to see myself as a public figure took some major shadow work, which is why I'm now able to support other people. And so it was this ongoing process of knowing that there that I was going to have a really big platform and that I had a message that the world was going to eventually ask a question that I was going to have a very unique answer to and that I needed to be ready <laughs> and already sharing at that moment if I wanted to truly be of service. And so it's looked like a lot of shadow work. It's looked like, I mean, I cannot tell you the number of times I have just like screamed out loud <laughs> in my own home or like while, un- while lying in the ocean, like, I'm ready to be seen. I'm ready to be seen. Like I put down my fear of being seen, like, like show me the way, like surrendering to the divine in that way. And just saying like, what, you know, and every day too, like showing up and meditating and saying, what, what would you, what would source like to tell humanity through me today (laughs) and being in that process. And also just, you know, so there's that energetic work. The last energetic thing I'll say before I go into practical is also like sharing as if I already had a hundred million followers, sharing as if I was speaking to people who respected me and as if I had a really big community that was coming together around the ideas that I cared about, not sharing as if like, I'm, I've only got a couple followers and here's, you know, we're just kind of getting started here, guys, like showing up in the full embodiment of how I knew I would feel when one day I was looking at that number and I saw the blue check mark and had a lot of followers because it's like, and that's not even about manifesting more followers. It's about showing up at the caliber that I'm already capable of showing up as not letting the number limit my, like the full force of my presence that I can bring to the people who are choosing to follow me. Oh, can we please pause here before we move into the practical? Can I just say that there's been 
multiple times in the past couple of weeks where I have written something in my journal after a meditation. And then I open Instagram and your latest post pops up. And that quote is what I wrote down in my journal. And now what you're talking about is exactly what I was thinking about the past 24 hours. It's like this invitation to not wait until, you know, I went live last night with someone dear to me and there were 30 people watching live and a lot more later on, I'm sure on the replay. But of course there's like a story that goes with it. Like, you know, and then I think about Miley Cyrus when she goes live, it's, I don't know, a hundred thousand people watching. And of course there's a story of of course, she shows up a lot more professionally because, you know, there's so many more people watching. And this is such a DS story that is not serving anyone. I totally agree with you. I think thinking about the numbers in our communities as being representative of energy that's present is absolutely inaccurate. And if we keep waiting until the stage is there, then the stage will never appear. It's about shining our full heart now completely 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 just yeah i'm just taking a moment to also receive receive the medicine of what i shared back because it's also when you know when you say miley cyrus it's like when we think about the collective consciousness we've been programmed to feel more comfortable and familiar with certain frequencies and i'm not placing a value judgment on you versus miley cyrus but you know there's the threads of consciousness the rivers of energy are are shifting and i also see it as my responsibility to create a space that feels really solid that feels really you know i'm just picturing like a big i was just in new zealand recently and i met these trees that are two thousand three thousand years old and like a big tree that's just there right and so that when someone is ready to have a new experience they're not finding someone who's like hey guys just getting started we'll see how this goes it's like boom yeah there might only be a couple you know however many thousand people here but like this is here and it's been here and like welcome we're so glad to have you Yes, cultivating that powerful presence right now because there's no other moment than now. Exactly. Yeah, that's the other thing. It's also like, wait, linear time is an illusion of this realm. So if I already have, you know, 5 million Instagram followers and am serving in this way, then I am that. So let me just be that. Yes. Okay, let's move on to the practical things. Yeah, so practically for me, like I love social media as an alchemy tool. Like I used Instagram to do my shadow work. I would post and then I would feel crazy or I would feel triggered and I would just, you know, I would just feel the resistance in my body, but I would show up and I would allow it to alchemize. And I, and I had went through several periods of time where, you know, everything, you know, there's, there's medicine in both ends of every polarity. And, you know, there are times where I say to my clients, like, be easy on yourself. Like, don't put your pressure on yourself to post every day. And there are other times where I'm like, I'm going to invite you to do a 30 day challenge where you get comfortable with showing up every single day. And you might actually only do 28 of those days because you're going to feel really aligned and not posting one day and that's fine. But for me, it was about challenging myself to open the channel to say, I do have something to say every day. I do want to check in. I do want to show up. And that helped build the muscle where, you know, it's the same with exercise. There are people who are like, of course I exercise every day. That's just what I do. But that's something that had to become part of their identity. I literally had to become someone (laughs) who posts on Instagram every day when I have a valuable message to share. So doing those challenges, even if all you're doing is posting like a picture of nature and a quote that you love and something that you're thinking about that day, and that's not ultimately what your content style ends up being or how you show up. It's like just 
practicing going through the motions in that way is very powerful. And then eventually, like when I reached a point where it was time for me to have more refined and true to me branding, that was also really powerful. It's like, you know, you can be putting yourself out there. I'm just thinking about like a dating metaphor. Like you can be putting yourself out there and it's like, just get out there. It doesn't matter what you're wearing. Just like go meet people. And then there's a moment where it's like, actually, like I want to adorn myself. Like I want to look and feel like the best version of me so that all this me that wants to be here can just flow with no more friction. And so going through a branding process and creating my own templates and things like that was, I mean, I was actually just talking to my designer today. When I look back on the stats, there was a virality moment that began right when I launched my new branding. That's not because necessarily you need really good branding to have more followers, but because it was this like removal of this last limit on me just like unleashing (laughs) and being really authentic. What is the process of creating this new brand? What was that like? And where do you tap into to bring those energetic realms into digital realms? I mean, God bless my design team because I put them through so much because I was really specific, really clear. I was like, if this doesn't feel like how I want people to feel like we're going to go back to the drawing board and I'm going to be, and it took like the willingness for me to speak in a language that didn't necessarily even resonate with the people I was working with all the time and sending them things being like, can you read this thing about sacred geometry and ratios? Because like, I don't know what it is, but I just know that the ratio on this circle is off and it's going to make people feel uneasy (laughs) and like getting that specific and, and yeah, it was, it was, majorly this alchemy of um of not letting the perfect be the enemy of the good but just focusing on like how do i want people to feel like if i am getting a lifetime achievement award for my work and it's based on creating a frequency in the world how do i like can this color can this picture this line can it embody that and it's, you know, it's, it's an ongoing challenge and evolution, but I got to a place where after five months <laughs> that I felt comfortable with and, and then we let it, we let it rip and then we let it evolve. So putting things out and sharing online is one part of the equation. The other part is consuming. What is your view or policy on consciously consuming content without allowing it to be allowing it to come before us showing up? Mm, beautiful question. I think it's, an, it's something I'm living into all the time. I really limit the number of people that I follow. Right now, I think I'm only following 222 people or maybe I'm like a few over and I got to unfollow a couple people. <laughs> That's another thing. It's like I even program my Instagram to just like bring through beautiful frequencies through angel numbers like that. And so I really limit the number of people I follow. I have almost everybody on mute and I let it evolve. Like I, if you look at who I'm following right now, it's like probably very specific to certain topics that I'm interested in. And then in a couple of weeks, I might unfollow all of those people <laughs> and let something else come through. And I've had to have actually even recently had conversations with friends and colleagues who are like deeply offended that I don't follow them or that I unfollowed them. And okay, can we use this space to reframe that conversation? Because I'm always on a mission yes. to rewire to for people to not yes. take it personally, and I always say. If you don't resonate what I'm putting out, please unfollow me. Don't take it personally. Completely. Like 
I look forward to you. In some ways, it's like, if you unfollow me, amazing. Like I have people that help me in a certain point of my journey and I'm like, oh, wow, they still exist. I haven't thought about them in ages. Like some of us, you know, it's, I think about it like the alchemist or the Canterbury tales. Like, you know, some of us are people, we walk with each other for a long time on the path. And for others, it's like, you know, if you've ever literally traveled and had an amazing night, like hanging out with new friends in an amazing city. And you're like, this could be the rest of my life. This is so incredible. But like, actually, I'm never going to speak to you again. Like we just had one great night or one great week together, you know, in many different ways. And I've certainly had those. Yep. Yes. <laughs> on many different, many different levels. So it is about honoring people's sovereignty in that way. And like, you know, people bringing that emotional reaction to me, I'm like, look, please unfollow me if you don't resonate with me. And also paradoxically, I have to really not look at the content of some of my closest collaborators and friends because I just need to show up as authentically as possible and to not be, I need to be in reaction to the divine, not to other humans all the time. And so it is this balance where I, I look at enough to know what's going on, to hear the st stories other people are telling, but I limit it. And, you know, when I do go down the rabbit holes <laughs> and watch a lot of content, it's, it tends to be things that are really like lifestyle oriented and, and a frequency transmission. Like I love, I hope you do more vlogs about whatever you're doing in your tiny house and things like that. Cause I love like tiny houses and van life and travel things and sustainable living. Like I love to consume content like that because it just, energizes me and makes me feel creative without making me feel like I have to immediately respond to anything. And I also just, I'm, I'm also all about intention. I set an intention all, you know, as much as I can before everything I do. And sometimes my intention is, whoa, I'm picking up my phone because I want to numb the F out from what I'm feeling right now. So that's what I'm doing. <laughs> and sometimes I'm going on because I want to check in and see what people are saying. And, you know, just allowing it to be this conscious, intentional thing where, you know, if you are choosing to numb or put other people before yourself, you're at least aware of that. And you can always come back to, to a different kind of center. So I also curate the number of people that I follow to be special numbers. Like on Breakfast Criminals, I follow 777 accounts right now. And when I do it, it just gives me such spaciousness and satisfaction, but I never thought why. And it's so cool that you put that into words. Amazing. Yeah, it's, it's a huge permission slip, right? It's like I have friends that I adore. And sometimes when they call me, I don't want to talk to them because I'm enjoying my own time or I'm talking to someone else, right? And it is about like us learning how to bring physical boundaries into the digital space. So it's funny that you mentioned tiny house vlogs because I'm in a place right now where I'm taking a step back from Instagram. And again, I don't know, that might shift in the next hour or not. And I've really given a lot more energy to TikTok. And I have a couple of posts that are going viral and it's all nature and tiny house living. Amazing. I love that. And I love the fluidity that you're allowing yourself to have. And I think it also like what, what it brings up for me is, you know, we have these ideas, these social constructs about what is like valuable content and what changes the world and what helps people. And it's like what helps people is the frequency of like joy and bliss and peace and how exactly. and, and connection. And however that happens, even if it's everybody doing some hilarious dance or it's like you talking to the sunset while drinking cacao or whatever you're doing, like that's what's most 
of contribution and like to follow the stream of that frequency wherever it takes us, I think is even if it takes us quote unquote off brand or in a place that we don't think we don't expect. And sometimes it takes wiping out those old constructs, whether that's unfollowing everyone or muting everyone or going to a whole new platform and trying out something from scratch. You know, I'm not really talking to people about my TikTok. I have a name that no one can find me by. And it's this whole new creation of just tapping into why do I love storytelling in the first place? And I can't tell you how many people have commented on some of my nature videos and said, I don't know why, but this makes me cry. And that just, oh, that feels more fulfilling than, I don't know, closing like a big, you know, brand deal or something like that. (laughs) Completely. Because that's, it's like, and that's where it comes back to that, like dance between the specific and the general of like, A Course in Miracles says the, the only prayer you should ever have is for peace because every other prayer is contained within that. And like, we're all just looking for those moments of, of resonance of like, you're vibing and I'm vibing in the same way. I mean, it's a huge reason why I knew that I was going to move to a beautiful place in nature long term and why I'm on Hawaii right now too, is I was like, I felt like God's self was saying, your Instagram stories need to be at least 50% like commentary free nature. Like that just needs to be what you're bringing to the world. And also that needs to be your life that you need that being that, that immersed in what is organic and real. Yes. So Aaron, in a lot of your content, you talk about the consciousness shift, the paradigm shift from 3D to 5D. Can you talk to us about your interpretation of that? Absolutely. So we're going through a massive shift as a planet. It's a shift that has been foretold for a long time. You can track back in most major traditions, whether it's the Mayans or the Hopi Native Americans or the the Indian Vedic texts, and you can see this same understanding of a cycle completion, right? This understanding of the world going through this process of seeing maximum polarity, maximum darkness, maximum light, maximum diversity, maximum unity, and clearing out everything that has not been organic to who we really are. This idea that it's human nature to fight, to compete, to control each other. Like that is really not who we are. And we're getting a chance to live. I mean, it is, I am so blessed to be here on earth at this time where we are finally seeing what's been plaguing us. It's coming up and out, like what happens in a juice cleanse or any other kind of detox. We're seeing it in like the stark light of day. And on the other side is a world that is a match to who we truly are. And a lot of these prophecies, including the rainbow warrior prophecy, which is something that you and I got to really live and experience in a certain way at Aniwa, say the same thing of it's gonna, there's going to come a time when it's going to seem like all hope is lost, like humanity has destroyed itself, like the planet has, has never been worse. And at that time, a new group of leaders will rise and they will reawaken ancient wisdom. They will reconnect with their hearts. They will reclaim the truth. And if they're successful and they are successful, an unprecedented extended era of peace will be created on earth. And there are signs that we're told to look for at this time and that we see in the Indian Vedas and and these other prophecies as well. They say a sign is that species that have been extinct will start to come back to life. And we have all of these Lazarus species now that have been gone for 200 years or 10 years or, you know, extended periods of time that 
they've been declared extinct. And then all of a sudden, they're there again. And that's starting to happen, even though we also have these stories of extinctions, there are species coming back to life. We hear these, another sign to look for is that at this time, the most advanced spiritual teachers and the most advanced scientists will start to say the same thing, which is what we're seeing with the bridging of spirituality, metaphysics, and quantum physics. And it's a time that, you know, we all, we all got a prime spot. <laughs> we're here. We're really here to play an important role. And what I see us doing is really collapsing all of this separation, coming back to this fifth dimensional unity consciousness. But the cool thing about Earth is that doesn't mean that we're all the same. It means, whoa, there is so, you know, the Pleiadians call Earth a living library. There is so much diversity here. But how cool that we've put each other through so much and yet somehow we're going to come back to honoring how different you are from me and yet we are the same. We are from the same source. And what an achievement, right? What And, and what a beautiful reward lies on the other side of this for us. And we're in right now a very pronounced period of what some people call timeline wars, where there's an energy on the planet that would like apocalypse Armageddon to be where we go. And that's very familiar to us because of how we've been programmed. But the utopian paradise timeline for Earth, where we all really live a life and that nourishes us in a world where we all thrive, is the dominant timeline. And we're marching towards it <laughs> moment by moment. And if you listening to this got goosebumps, then you're definitely a rainbow warrior. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I love the basic truth of like the science of vibration. It's like, if you're even listening to this, then you're on the same vibration as us who resonate with this. And so whatever meaning you make of this, you're, you're here to play an important role. Ooh, yes. You explained it so beautifully and put it into words so beautifully, Aaron. I'm so grateful for you. And I know it's time to wrap up, but I'm really called to ask you one more question. Absolutely. And it has to do with a moment that you and I were lucky to experience while we were at Aniwa, which was with the healing Hakka. Will you talk to us about that moment and what that was like for you? Mm, yeah. So we had this profound opportunity at Aniwa to connect with these Maori teachers from New Zealand who do this re-embodiment of the haka dance of the the haka sort of and dance isn't even the right word it's a living embodied prayer right an invocation and the intention behind this specific haka is that connection with the heart is that returning to unity consciousness that returning to peace and both of us you know when we touch that frequency we then we had this experience and then later came back and realized that we had had a very similar experience of kind of going off into the woods and just being deeply brought to tears, this like deep level of embodiment being brought in. And, and it resonated like truth in my body. And what I love about the Maori tradition, and I've since had the pleasure of being able to go and, and study and, and live really like live in traditional Maori community spaces for almost two weeks, a couple of Amazing. months ago, is this wisdom, the the body and the way that, you know, the heart is this living, breathing organ. And it's also this spiritual, metaphysical, higher dimensional portal. And when we live from the heart, when we allow that technology to, to be activated, that technology of the heart that's 60 times more electromagnetically powerful than the brain, that is where the miracles of our life are really manifest. And, and another thing that I'll share that I really resonate with from the Maori is their deep 
It's like the, when I met different Maori people, I felt it was almost as if they were talking from their feet, right? In America and in the Western world, in certain ways, it's like very up. It's like kind of throat up where we're, we're very in our minds. And I felt like they were speaking almost from the earth because there's this understanding of when you introduce yourself in the Maori culture, you introduce yourself based on your ancestors. You say, you know, this is the mountain I come from. This is the lake I come from. These are my parents' names. These are their parents' names. And whatever relationship we might have to our biological family, and mine's definitely been a nuanced one, there's a power in understanding that although we are on the vanguard, we are on the leading edge of a new experience on earth, many, many, many people have come before us to lay the path that we're walking. And as Maya Angelou says, I stand as one and I walk as 10,000. So even if we feel like we're on a solitary journey here, those ancestors, they're getting free as we get free right now. Right now. I'm going to link to the healing haka in the show notes as well as everything else that we touched on. And yeah, I didn't even make it into the woods in that moment. I just fell into the arms of the teacher <laughs> and the words that came out of my mouth were, I finally, I think I said something like, I finally know who I am. And it was a profoundly moving moment that I still feel in my body and in my heart. And what a beautiful thing to share with another fellow human being. So me too. I'm so grateful we shared this moment and this moment that's currently happening as well. And before we wrap up, is there anything that I didn't ask you about that you feel called to share? No, I feel really complete. I love the way you're such a powerful clear interviewer and and hold such a clear container for all of the ways that you channel your your inquiry and your creation and I just appreciate you and I appreciate these powerful moments where we're able to come together in service of of community and 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 just this incredible evolution that we're all in right now so thank you cheers thank you so much Aaron Wow. Honestly, in my experience, listening to Aaron is like a frequency upgrade on its own. If you want to connect with him further, check out futureworldmeditation.com. I've been meditating with that meditation. It's fantastic. And if our conscious social media conversation spoke to you and you're ready to upgrade the frequency within which you interact online and share what you do and share your offerings and show up, then go to wokenwire.com slash newsletter and sign up to hear when all of my new and updated offerings launch to serve you in doing just that. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating and a review on iTunes and share it with a friend who you think could benefit from the message. Find all the show notes and all the resources on WokenWired.com and also join the WokenWired podcast listener Facebook group. It's a private group where you can connect with people who are like-minded. And say hello on Instagram. Find me at Woke and Wired. Stay woke, stay wired, and take three deep breaths right now.